You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good snap, good hold, kick is no good. But a flag is down in the secondary near the Washington sideline. Good snap, good hold, kick is good. Washington wins it. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Kind of a gross game, but at least there were some points, some things to get excited about. If you bet overs in many of those player props or anytime touchdown scores, Washington wins. The Giants kind of gift back them the win there. Uh, 30 to 29. So the Giants are 0 2, and the football team is 1 1 to start the 2021 campaign. Welcome back on BetQL Daily on this Football Friday, getting you set for a week two in the National Football League. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth with you. Let's bring on uh, Josh Norris. He's the Odyssey Fantasy Football Insider. Insider calls presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights the sportsbooks don't want you to see. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. You can also hear Josh on the Underdog Football Show, available on YouTube and wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, before we start hitting on some player props, totals, stuff like that this weekend, Josh, I, I want to hit on the number one story in the fantasy football world earlier this week, and I'm curious how you handled it. Elijah Mitchell, people are using half of their budget for the entire year to make sure they get the Niners running back. What was your approach? And in some leagues, I've seen 90% wow. of their fat budget. Jeez. Um, I know. I know. Look, I, I think the only thing that we can latch on to is that Eli Mitchell is going to have a role in this backfield. That's the only fact that we know, because that was going to be the case heading into week one and certainly the case moving forward. Um, I think from a, a talent standpoint, from a skill set standpoint, he is most similar to Raheem Mostert on that roster in terms of the straight line speed, in terms of running outside zone. Uh, I also factor in that in 2022, the only running backs that are under contract are Eli Mitchell and Trey Sermon. So while this was the backfield they probably thought of the future, it now has become the present. Now, obviously, Trey Sermon was being drafted in round seven in a lot of leagues prior to the season. I don't think that this is the end of the road for him at all. Um, who knows what happens in those 10 days between preseason games ending and week one starting. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about Trey Sermon, I believe, this week. I would expect, you know, maybe around 10 touches, hopefully. And if that's the case, then as we go forward, maybe he can work into your flex spot and uh, climb the ranks as we go ahead. Josh, do you find it hard, you know, as the years go on, a, a, an offensive mind like Kyle Shanahan? They're going to put up points. Running backs will do well there. But I guess much like his dad back in the day, you don't know which one 
Do you think that it was an overreaction on Mitchell, just considering the team he's with, the coach he's with, and and the the history of that offense? A really fair question. I think that just at that running back position, we see how quickly things can change where a no name can then become, you know, the person that paints the narrative for the entire season. Look at James Robinson last year. You know, I mean, if we even had preseason games, that would have changed the trajectory of everyone's fantasy seasons because we would have known that James Robinson was going to get 80% of the workload. And instead of being an undrafted free agent or a last round pick, he then goes in round four, round five, round six. Um, I do believe in the totality of the 49ers. This isn't the only weirdness that happened though, obviously with Brandon Ayuk being drafted in the top 24 wide receivers and basically being a non-factor. What we, what we do know now moving forward is seemingly Trey Lance is going to take a little bit longer to get on the field. So Debo Samuel is the most bankable piece of that offense and you're still starting George Kittle every week. And then now, as it stands, Eli Mitchell probably working and operating as your running back three in your flex spot for right now. But again, I don't want to overreact like you're alluding to in week one because we're going to get you know, 100% of the information in week two that we got in week one as well. Right. Uh, Josh, we do a segment uh, earlier in the week when we try to to pinpoint which, you know, average Joe's quarterback or how they're perceived in the league is going to pop in week number two. So somewhere around uh, 15 to 25 quarterbacks in that range in the league. Any any of them in specific matchups, maybe people have them as a QB two on their roster right now that they should play this weekend. Dare I say this, and please do not clip this if it turns out bad like it did in week one. Uh, I kind of like the Tennessee Titans this week to cover, so the five and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a total of 54, and that's what we that's what we care so much about when we're looking at these things. And sure, he's a road underdog, but I, one of, when I look at week one, so often I try to picture and imagine what the team wants to be. And I feel like with the Titans and the Packers, there was no ability to do that because, you know, five sacks, two sack fumbles, the Titans were never able to, you know, implement their identity at all. I mean, their, their play action rate dropped to like 10% where it was among the league high last season. And while I, you know, pitched AJ Brown, Julio Jones and Ryan Tannehill never practicing together as a positive during the preseason, because maybe it gave us a value heading into the year. Uh, Maybe it was a negative because they just couldn't be in unison and in sync. So uh, obviously the, the Seahawks do not have a pass rusher like Chandler Jones. They even have a pass rusher like JJ Watt. So I'd expect, Ryan Tanhill to bounce back here and hopefully put up top 12 scoring numbers here in week two. Quarterbacks in fantasy, you know, we know the ones that are great. And then there's always ones every year that kind of popping like, who, how good is this guy really? Where are you now with Jalen Hurts? Last year, he came in end of the year, put up big fantasy numbers. Then they changed the coach. They changed the system. And I was like, ah, oh, is he even going to keep the job? Do the Eagles even want him? And then he goes out there in week one. He plays well. Again, a good fantasy week. Do we know what Jalen Hurts is now? How would you rank him right now among quarterbacks just based on what we saw last year and then week one? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think we have a better idea of who the Eagles are now. Like, lest we forget, heading into last season, they suffered two massive offensive line injuries. And then once Jalen Hurts took over, it was just a complete negative situation. Uh, I mean, no one was set up for success there. Now we reset. We have a great offensive line that is healthy. And they were old and they were aging. And maybe that's not going to be the case for the entire season. But heading into week two, that's absolutely the case. And now we have Nick Sirianni, who I feel like has taken the strengths of Jalen Hurts, who is also progressing as a player. Like, you know, he's keeping his eyes up in the face of disruption. He's climbing the pocket. What he's so good at is creating some of those easier throws on those extended plays in terms of short and to the right. I don't know if you guys saw his passing chart, but they heavily targeted like the the short area on his right side in the one to 10 yard frame. Um and the Falcons just could nothing, like do nothing to prevent that. Now, I think you have a blossoming relationship with Devontae Smith. And more importantly, you have the rushing upside and really the rushing floor. Like if we get 30 to 50 to 70 rushing yards, which is absolutely in play with Jalen Hurts every single week, then that's going to give us a nice floor to go off of. And if he continues to throw touchdowns, if he continues to be efficient as a passer, that only elevates his ceiling as well. And on top of that, the running backs associated with them have an elevated overall presence as well. I thought Miles Sanders looked great, and obviously Kenny Gainwell found the end zone. So uh, I am that is one team that I've done a 180 on heading into the year with the Eagles because they just feel competent now. And I'm not saying like any of those players are tremendously explosive, but if their defense plays well like it did last week, it's almost like an avalanche that continue, continues to build. And Jalen Hurts is going to be the most positive piece on that. With Odyssey Fantasy Football insider Josh Norris, this is BetQL Daily. Josh, let's hit on some totals here. A uh, bunch of high numbers. That Cowboys-Chargers game jumped immediately this week, kind of settled in around 55. And there are a few games. That are 50s. Any specific overs or unders that jump out to you? Yeah, all of those four games in the four o'clock window are 50 or over, which uh, we love to see that <laughs> in the afternoon slate. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we, we absolutely love to see that. Uh, the, the Chargers are fascinating to me because while we said this before, it just feels different this year, doesn't it? And I think a major emphasis is the improvements along the offensive line, but it's also just hand, handing the keys over to Justin Herbert. Like he's making these throws out there on the field that all of these other quarterbacks can't imagine to make like these far hash opposite sideline throws that, you know, allows us to get Mike Williams involved as like a top 24 potentially wide receiver each and every week. And obviously Keenan Allen owns the middle of the field. Now what that's doing with the Los Angeles chargers is it's eliminating like this stereotype that we have of Austin Eckler as like a check down player, a receiving back. He saw zero targets in week one, and maybe that changes. And I'm sure that will change moving forward. But now what we have is confidence in Austin Eckler as a player inside the 20 and inside the 10 yard line, which I don't know how many other teams would have done throughout his career. I mean, he led the NFL with seven carries inside the 20 last week. So this is an offense. And again, famous last words, 
that I absolutely believe in. And one that I know what Dallas did this past week um, in terms of keeping up and, and keeping pace. But man, oh man, am I buying the Chargers at this moment? And I, I feel like there are four startable pieces on that offense each and every week in fantasy. And one of those pieces, and Mike Williams certainly was not drafted as if he was a bankable option heading into the season. Josh, another game that and you, you mentioned in one of the four o'clock window games that looked fantasy just feast there with, with points and, to, and everyone maybe going over rushing yards, passing yards and receiving yards. Cardinals, Vikings. What do you make of some of the other pieces, especially in Arizona? You know, is the engine that, that makes it all go. But, you know, it wasn't just DeAndre Hopkins last week. Christian Kirk got involved. Chase Edmonds. How do you play those guys? Are they all, you know, is that Cardinals offense kind of auto plays as long as Kyler is is uh, upright and healthy? What do you think about that game and particular, particularly the Cardinals offensive weapons? It's tough for me to immediately insert Christian Kirk in the starting lineup. He only ran a route on 66% of the team's passes last week, had a 17% target share. His dot was outstanding. I think what this allows us to do, while A.J. Green is occupying the right wide receiver spot, um, that has now put us like in a much better position to have Christian Kirk in his preferred role. It's kind of the same thing what's happening in New York in the game last night. You paid $21 million for Kenny Galladay to play at the outside, which allows you to have uh, Sterling Shepard be an absolute dominant force in the slot. I, I think there's some major critical pieces that change and really elevate even Cliff Kingsbury as a player, as a coach, I should say, from 2021 to 2022. It's getting Rondell Moore as a manufactured touch player instead of Larry Fitzgerald. And it's bringing Rodney Hudson at the center spot, who Kyler even said like, hey, a lot of the zero blitz things that they did last week, Rodney Hudson got us in a position to win and succeed. And then you have Kyler Murray, who is just a different style of quarterback than I have ever seen, who quick game, he's there. Extended game, long plays, he puts it on a rope or has great touch. And then these crazy extended, like, I'm going to juke left, I'm going to juke right, I'm going to fall away. I mean, this is a player who in the first 10 games of last season, let's not forget, had the best quarterback season ever for fantasy football. Suffered that shoulder injury, and we got him at a discount heading into this year. Meanwhile, we were drafting all these other players at their peaks, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, heck, even Aaron Rodgers. And so, to me, Kyler Murray's on pace. I don't know if they're going to win enough games, even though the defense was surprising. He's on pace for MVP-like numbers, and I just don't know how, if every piece does stay healthy, for, for that offense to slow down, but still odd in the fact that Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins are the most bankable pieces each and every week that you should have confidence in. And I still question until we learn more information about usage on your Christian Kirks and on your Chase Edmonds, because those backs, it's all dependent on if they have the inside the 10-yard line touches. Yeah, a lot of betters agree with you, Josh, as Kyler Murray's MVP odds just slashed down to single digits earlier this week. Another minute with uh, Josh Norris, Odyssey Fantasy Football Insider. Uh, Josh, any uh, particular player props that uh, pop for week two? Can I give you a underdog that I love this week? I really like yes. the Panthers getting oh. three and a half at home. Um, I feel like the Saints... <laughs> In that, pack, in, in that Packers game, it was, uh, it was one that I don't know how much we can take and move forward on. Uh, the Panthers, this defense was a unit that shocked me the most. It's full of young, athletic, aggressive players. And while the Saints offensive line was great last week, they've already lost one of their pieces. And we know that if James Winston feels pressure, 
and they, he certainly wasn't put under that last week against the Packers. Um, he can run around with his head cut off and make some real, you know, frustrating decisions. Meanwhile, and I'm not saying Sam Darnold has changed as a player. He's still frenetic. His eyes, his feet, his shoulders are still on different bodies. But this offense, in some ways, is too big to fail. And Joe Brady puts them in just a position to succeed. That three and a half right now, and maybe I'm just overreacting to week one. I just really like where this Panthers team is at at the moment because I don't even think we saw their final form because Sam Darnold could have improved in the red zone last week, and that was an area where the Panthers struggled last season as well. No, Lattimore, too. That's big, right? Correct. Yeah, Correct. that's a big one. Yeah, it's uh, it, I, I'm excited to see what Robbie Anderson does because last year he's, his dot dropped down to 10 yards. Last week he was like the vertical playmaker. I think if you combine those two roles, we're still going to have a great year from Robbie Anderson. And uh, yeah, call me crazy. And on the Panthers early this season because it's a great early season schedule for them. All right, Josh, we, uh, we promised not to save that clip from earlier in the show, all right? <laughs> we won't. Thank you for your time. Unless, Odyssey. It, unless it works out, right, guys? Yes, yes. Then it will be out on Sunday afternoon. That was Odyssey Fantasy Football Insider Calls. Presented by BetQL. BetQL is here to help us all make better bets through real proven analytics. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. You can also hear Josh on the Underdog Football Show, available on YouTube and wherever you find your podcasts. Don't mind that Titans play. Don't mind it. It's getting up to six. I don't know that it'll touch a touchdown. Uh, Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, Aaron Hawksworth here on BetQL Daily. We're going to continue to line them up, and we're going to go prop shopping next. Week two in the NFL. Keep it locked. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Why am I? Yeah, I'm taking the Panthers. Why am I being talked into the Titans?